The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. For listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Stephen Jodrand. You know the game, Armand Fai. And Jake Watroba. Today's episode, we continue our conversation just from yesterday. This is part two of our little midweek miniseries. Uh, go back and listen to yesterday's conversation. What the hell is the point of the League's Cup? Are the U20s giving you any hope? And what's better, Champions League final or the promotion playoff? And listeners, make sure you subscribe to the show. Hit that button wherever you're listening to give us a five-star review and make sure you follow us on the twitter machine at unc sam soccer pod guess what armand finally has wi-fi welcome back to the 21st century armand are you alive i am alive and well it's raining in texas i was under a tornado watch or warning or whatever the more extreme one <laughs> um, i'm alive you remember, and well you remember when you recorded during a tornado I literally, there was tornado sirens going on. Everyone's laughing. I'm like, I'm looking outside to see if there's any like gusts or something like that. Yeah, man, it was terrible. But I mean, at least I live in Oklahoma, so there could be worse things in life. Hey, Jake, um, in Minnesota, where you live, have you ever had a tornado? We get tornadoes up here. You do? Not to the extent of what you... Uh, you guys what? get tornadoes? Yeah, we get tornadoes. Probably the, the weather isn't as crazy up here as it is down in the uh, south, uh, down in Texas, down in Oklahoma. Granted, now we get snow. We get tons of snow in the wintertime. But, yeah, I mean, we get tornadoes. We get tornadoes. It's just it's just not like a weekly occurrence like it seems to be down in Texas. It's well, not weekly. Yeah, but it's still life It's a lot more. Yeah. I heard when it rains, it really rains down there. It's oh, it's been raining all though. day. Yeah, raining all day. Listeners, on today's episode... We discuss why superstars keep dropping hints of wanting to play in MLS. We discuss Christian Pulisic and to Chelsea after Hazard and Sari are set to leave the club. And it's another edition of the Counterattack with Jake Rotroba. But question of the day, guys. Why do superstars, and I'm talking about world-class superstars, keep dropping hints of wanting to play in MLS? And this is a continuation of kind of opening thoughts from yesterday's episode where I really didn't get my, uh, my thoughts in, but Raheem Sterling, who is a fantastic player, a, a transformative player in world football. He's tack- tackling issues of race in, in England, as well as leading England. And for a long time, Sterling was criticized, but now he he's really turned everybody on his side. And, and he's a fantastic player to watch. Armand, you're the resident uh, fake Manchester City or bandwagon Manchester City fan. 
Uh, he's got to be up there as far as important players, as far as just overall superstars for the Man City squad. Loves how I'm being attacked as a fake bandwagon. Everyone's a bandwagon in America. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah, not but, to the extent of Man City fans. Dude, I actually like their logo of FIFA, okay? Relax. Relax. Not, Jake, is that, a, is that a good good indication? When you're first getting into soccer, I mean, come on, man. Wait, what's the question you're asking me? Is should lo- logo Armand so happened to like Manchester City's logo? That's why he's a Manchester. I City mean, fan. that's kind of why I picked Chelsea. To be quite honest with you. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you guys are both frauds. Moving I mean, on. I'm, I'm a fraud, but um, Raheem Sterling. I mean, he's easily one of the most important players for City. His mature maturation under Pep has been insane, and he's already hitting a point where. I mean, I mean, the beginning of his time at City, he wasn't that good. or wasn't this good. But now he's getting in positions. He's scoring. He's distributing. He's being a threat on the wing. And he's easily a vital part of Pep's system. So NBC Sports a couple of days ago had a story by Joe Prince Wright. Raheem Sterling hopes to play in MLS. And it's an interesting article. Reading from the story, during a quick off-season break to the USA, Sterling has been talking in New York City at the Wall Street Journal's Everything Festival. English football has grown massively over here in America, he's talking about. It wasn't like that in the past, and it'll continue to get bigger, Sterling said. I was surprised walking out of the hotel today and being recognized by one or two people. I didn't expect that over here. This is a country I would one day love to be able to come to. Your weather's a lot better over here than ours is. Hopefully one day I can bring my family over here. Guys, what is up with superstars wanting to play in MLS? Because I genuinely don't think it has to do with anything regarding the league. It has to do everything with what the country is and is about. And listeners at Unc Sam Soccer Pod, tweet at us. Let us know why you think superstars keep hinting at wanting to play in MLS. Well, that's 100% what he's getting at. It's it, it's just the American lifestyle. Raheem Sterling isn't saying, hey, I want to play in MLS one day. I hope I play for, I don't want to say Columbus Crew because we pick on Columbus Crew all the damn time. Chicago Fire. Hey, I want to play for Chicago Fire. Perfect. New England Thanks Revolution. New England Revolution. FC, FC Cincinnati. FC Dallas. No. Colorado. Raheem Sterling saying, you know who I want to play for when I come to MLS? LAFC. LA Galaxy, Inter Miami, maybe NYCFC. That's what these guys are coming here for is the lifestyle. You don't see these massive names, these massive superstars come to MLS with the exception of Bash James Weinsteiger come to MLS and play in Colorado or play in Real Salt Lake or play for Houston Dynamo. That's I'm sorry. They don't. They come here to play in LA. They come here to play – well, they will come here to play in Miami. And they come here to play in New York. Yeah, but That's it has it. nothing to do with playing for Miami. It's, an, it's not like a, a player in the NFL wanting to play for the Patriots because he wants to win a ring. No, it's all or about going, the lifestyle. It's, it's it, all about yeah, exactly. being in Miami. It's, 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 it's living that lavish lifestyle. I mean, what, let's face it, man. Would you rather live in Manchester or would you rather live in Miami? What sounds Miami, more appealing? Man, on, yeah, but it, it's, it's – Jake, it's not even necessarily – that I think it's more it's more about the opportunities 
afforded to having your children grow up in America, the education opportunities, the the cheaper life. The I mean, lifestyle, yeah, like like Jake said. Like yeah, the lifestyle. lifestyle, but we're not talking – yes, we're talking about the glamour as well. But we're also talking about the practicality of living in America versus living in Europe and, and the situation yeah, going on over there. Yeah, it's but it's a little bit different. I mean – But they're millionaires, so like, at that point they have like, so much money it doesn't really matter, right? It's not like he's coming from Colombia or Ecuador. Or Brazil. Well, that's like true. That. I mean, fair. That's England a very fair is, point. He's an English. I mean, he's Englishman. Living in England, it's it's not like it's not it's not rough in England. You know, they're, we're not people who aren't struggling in England like they would be in, in places in South America and and Central America. I mean, Raheem Sterling has it pretty bleeping good over in England. I think it's more of just a I want to live an American lifestyle. I want to live in. One of the more glamorized cities in America, like in L.A., like in New York, like a Miami. And, and I think that's all it comes down to. They don't care that they're like, they're playing in MLS. They don't care about the product on the field. I mean, let's face it. How many times have I told you guys MLS, the, the quality of this league right now is about on par with League One in England. It's not it's not <laughs> high quality. They're not they're not coming here to to play because they love the league. They're coming here to, to play because they want to live in America for for a, a duration of their life. Listeners, question of the day. Why do superstars keep dropping hints of wanting to play in MLS? Now, Armand, more pointed at you, do you think it's a good thing for the league of players continuing saying, yeah, one day MLS is on the sites? I feel like MLS is on the site of every big player because of the glamour and the allure of America. I mean, when you go overseas, like I've been, like you guys have been, you, you you sense this, oh, America, what is this like? What is this? Like, this idea of this glamorized lifestyle. I think it is a good thing, uh, plain and simple, because it just keeps getting, it keeps getting MLS in the storylines, you know? Maybe at some point someone looks into it, it's like, what is MLS? What is this league? Is it interesting? Is it bad? Is it good? It ke- it keeps MLS in the, the storylines. That's good for a young league, and it's great that you know these players continue to say, "Hey, I want to come here one day." But I mean, we're also kind of seeing it now. Anyone would take Raheem Sterling, no doubt. But like, what about a guy like a Giuseppe Rossi, who we've been hearing like has been like linked to, like three teams, but hasn't been picked up? Uh, I think part of it, MLS is like kind of shifting away from signing those guys, but I don't think they should be at the same time. I mean, we saw the impact Wayne Rooney had on DC. <laughs> you guys uh, both I, I, wrote an apology letter for that. Yeah, we did. One. We did. We did. We did. And you still tell us about this apology letter every day. Um, <laughs> but you deserve it. But I mean, at the same time, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. I think these guys coming, I think uh, like a team like Inner Miami with David Beckham's influence is going to be huge. And I think it's great for a league. I think Don Garber welcomes it. He enjoys it. Um, and sooner or later, maybe that age of, you know, players coming over will decrease. Um, and maybe it'll be a younger player, you know, kind of like the South Americans right now can be a younger player saying, hey, I want to go live in America at like 22 or 23 instead of like 30 or 31. One other quote that caught my attention. Sterling said, there's always games on our telly at the training ground. We're either watching this or the Australian league. I'm a little bit confused. What time are they training? If MLS is in the afternoon, that means they're what seven out. They're six, seven hours ahead, depending on what time the game happens here in America. It has to be a rerun. It has to be a rerun. It has to be a rerun. But Armand, you just talked about being in the headlines. 
is is the images that they see on their telly a good reflection of MLS? Because I would be a little bit concerned. Well, what are they watching? They're not watching like, oh man, I have to pick on some people now. The Colorado Rapids and the Revolution. They're watching like a highlight show of something or match or of the day. Like, or like, or like yeah, match ESPN of the day. ESPN Plus? Or like, no, they don't have ESPN Plus over there. Or they'll have like a Atlanta United versus, I don't know, uh, SKC. Like, it's like a match like that. They're not going to have like FC Dallas play. Like a, like a rapids or something. They're not gonna have those games on there, so it might look better than actually. Might be a little bit of a catfish. Might be a little bit of a catfish. Yeah, we'll see. Probably, probably it's probably the Indian Super League is what he's really watching. <laughs> yeah. The Indi- dude, Indian Super League, man. That's Don't where sleep. It's at. Um, New, New Delhi FC. Love it. The, the story kind of finishes with this quote. For sure, this bracket MLS is growing in the UK, and people are take really taking it in. I want to come over. I hopefully want to have a career here as well. We'll see. We'll see if these superstars actually come over and, and what it what it does. Steven, let's let's move on though. Let's talk a little Christian Pulisic at Chelsea. Uh if you haven't heard, Chelsea forward Eden Hazard is basically uh, looks like he's leaving Chelsea for Real Madrid and BBC Sport interviewed Christian Pulisic earlier this week uh, and here are Christian's comments uh, on Eden Hazard. It is incredible to see what Eden can do. He is a guy to look up to and what I would love to become. It is definitely a goal. Any player would be dumb not to want to be in the same team as him. Steven, it sounds like Christian Pulisic wants to be Eden Hazard. I guess that's good. I don't know. I always thought Hazard... Isn't that good for the national team? I thought Hazard's always been a little bit overrated. He's played 340-plus games. I don't don't know the stats specifically, but he's only scored 108 goals. He's got like 80 assists, 80-plus assists, too. Yeah. Uh, Are we just getting players off goals? For for context, Steven hates Chelsea. Okay, fine. Yes, I do hate Chelsea. Just, and I, hey, I also me... dislike Hazard. I just generally – he's one of the players I don't like. So, fine. I have a bias towards him. Would Christian Pulisic becoming Hazard be a bad thing for US for the U.S.? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Let, let's be honest here. Absolutely not. But I, I, I think he could be better than Hazard. I do. Ooh. Ooh. Come on, the spicy takes. Ooh. I do. I, I think Christian Pulisic has a different dynamic – than Aaron Hazard. I don't... Aaron Hazard has more of a narcissist, arrogant player view. I think Christian Pulisic is a little bit more of a team player, but I also think he's more of the under-the-radar... I hate using this term because this will be very spicy, but he's a little more messy-like where you don't necessarily get all the antics with him. I mean, let's go back to when the U.S. failed to qualify for the World Cup. Let's... What were the comments Pulisic said? He took it to heart. And I, I think it's a reflection of Christian Pulisic might – he might be captain by default for the U.S., but I don't think he's that leader. I think he's more of the – like Messi, he's not a good leader. Messi is a, is a talent – one of the all-time great talents, but he's not a leader. I think Christian Pulisic fits that mold more so. Let's face it, guys. Chelsea's going through a weird change right now. They just won the Europa League. 
Hazard, he says, I think it's a goodbye, but in football, you never know. He told BT Sport that. Sorry might be leaving for Juventus, so you might have a new coach. Pulisic, big money. He's young. He's the future of Chelsea. What does it all mean? He's obviously saying the right things. Thoughts, guys? Did you guys watch the interview? Because the interview is really interesting. As the BBC guy like asked uh, Pulisic like four questions in a row about Jaden Sancho, like it's a it was a very like cringy uh, little like, like oh is this how good is he? Uh, how was it like playing with him? Yeah, because like, they clearly this, have that, more of an interest yeah, in the Englishman than the American. It's, it's cringy. I mean, forget about the exclusive with Pulisic, man. I mean, come on, keep it a little bit more Pulisic. Let me ask one question about Sancho. But uh, look, I, I've been saying this from the get go. I think Pulisic can succeed at Chelsea, uh, but. Like, like the scenarios you mentioned, is not really ideal coming in. You don't know who your manager is going to be. You might be tapped to replace one of the better players the club has seen in the last few years. Better, I would argue, almost the best. Best, player. almost best. Yeah, almost best. Well, the only one better would be his, uh, maybe his potential manager next year. In no, Frank Lampert. Super what about Frank? Drogba? That's what I was saying. You guys see, you guys can go on a list about this. That's, that, you gotta leave it up for interpretation. Well, you say one of the better, as if like he's like okay, a, a coin hey, flick. Hey, We're saying he's like top listeners, ten. Listeners, listeners, you know what I mean. You know what I mean, listeners. <laughs> okay, we, we have this. We have this trust between us, right? I think, it's, I, th- I think it's a great. I think. I think it's, the move is great itself. To move to a top team, I finished third. That has Champions League football. That just won a trophy, but. Again, not knowing your coach is a little – I don't like it. But I think Pulisic can can make it work. And it's going to be a little bit of pressure on him as the American uh, first Amer- – one of the best I guess, Americans uh, to go into the Premier League. But like I said, I think Pulisic, like you said, Steven, has the personality to handle it. I think he has personality. I think he has the talent. I think he'd be better than Aaron Hazard. Tweet at me, uh, at Steven Jodderand or at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Let- let me ask you this, guys, though. Are you not a little bit concerned? I mean, we can look at what – Mauricio, sorry, I don't think he's the right manager for this team. I think it's pretty apparent when you watch Chelsea play. I don't think he has the right pieces in place. But looking at what he did at Napoli, looking at how uh, attack-minded Napoli was. I got to pause, Derek You're the resident Chelsea fan. Yeah. But if I told you nine months ago – that Chelsea Football Club would finish third in the Premier League and win the Europa League. You would have taken that all day long. Uh, yeah, but it's the way in which they did it. Who cares? Who no, cares? No, no, because no, no. next care season, no, next season, I guarantee you, you're going to get a manager in place, and Chelsea are going to not succeed like they did. Frank Lampard. Season. I, no, I, I think Chelsea fans need to calm themselves down and be happy with their season, although it was kind of a bleep show at times. And sorry was up and down. No, nah, because if they weren't up and down, if they were consistent, if they, like, they, 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 were they, they never looked good. The Premier they, they were never winning no, the Premier League. They were never going to compete with Liverpool or, or Man City. They didn't look good for a large chunk of the season. And you can argue that because of that, that might be the why the might be the reason why. Eden then Hazard where is the patience? Because I fear if 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 sorry if you're reacting like this with sorry, what's going to happen with Christian Pulisic when he plays six to seven eight games 
doesn't have an assist, doesn't score, and has a couple of bad games. What are the Chelsea fans going to say? He probably gets loaned back to uh, Dortmund. This is a concern I have with Christian Pulisic. With if if we're getting rid of Sorry after he's led them to the Europa League and to the cha- uh to the Europa League crown in a Champions League guaranteed through the Premier League, not by winning the Europa League. What are they going to do with Christian Pulisic if he does not perform up to par? Or is a, he has some decent stats, but his play on the field doesn't look good. What are we What are we going to do? What are we going to say? Yeah, he gets loaned up, but but back to Dortmund. But that is not what the Americans need right now. Not after the failure a couple of years ago. Look, man, he knows what he's getting himself into at Chelsea. It's not the most stable club out there. The patience is very thin the there. The turnover is high. Turnover is high. He knew that when when he decided to to go to Chelsea. I mean, he, I mean there were other offers in England, and he, he, he wanted to go to Chelsea. That That's, that's what it was. So – Look, he's an American. I want him to do very well at Chelsea. I would want him to do very well if he was at Liverpool or Man City or Tottenham or United, any of them. But the facts of the matter is, if he does not perform at Chelsea, he will get loaned out. Because how many times have we seen players who haven't been haven't started their uh, Chelsea careers off to a fast start? Let's look at Kevin De Bruyne. Let's look at uh, Juan Cuadrado. Salah, I mean, the list goes on and on. Chelsea is not a club with patience, so Christian Pulisic needs to hit the ground running, or he's going to get loaned out somewhere. That's just that's that's just the the fact. And, of the, and the funny thing is, I think Christian Pulisic, even if he does not hit the ground running at Chelsea Football Club, still is going to be a better player than I think Hazard in the long term. I really I do. Think that's a, I think that's a preposterous statement, to be quite honest with you. No. I think that's a, that's a spicy take. It's a spicy take, but I, I think under the right manager and because he's so flipping young, he has the opportunity to outpace Eden Hazard. And I he continues, uh, at least on list of most important players under the age of 21, 23, he's up there. He's up there. And the Americans will, once he starts playing at Chelsea, I think his stock here in America is only going to grow. Really is. Armand, you got the final word before the counterattack. Oh, well, putting a little pressure on me. I'm interested to see how much of a non-on-the-field impact uh, Pulisic makes in terms of jersey sales, uh, in terms of, you know, popularity of Chelsea across America. Uh like I was telling you guys before the mic, I just went to a uh, a bar uh, in the Dallas area. And it was more Arsenal fans. I saw Chelsea fans. I wonder if that changes, especially with Pulisic now being part of the team. Um, I'm really interested to see that part of it because that play a part of it in, in his role, right? And if that goes well, uh, coupled with his on-the-field play, you can see more Americans uh, you know, getting more Premier League looks because they're saying, hey, we can increase our brand. We can increase our marketing. And more importantly, we can get a player that produces – that he pulls is going to be the ultimate experiment. I'm fascinated to see how it's going to go with him at Chelsea. Fast paced, shifty movement, brilliant skill. Yeah! It's the counter attack with Jake Retrova. It's counter attack time here on Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. Got a few topics for you guys here to discuss. Let's dive right in. Let's talk a little 
Premier League or uh, EFL promotion playoff here. Aston Villa returned to the Premier League after beating Derby County 2-1 earlier this week. The club joins Norwich City and Sheffield United as the three clubs heading to the top flight, replacing Huddersfield, Fulham, and Cardiff. How thrilling is the promotion relegation playoff battle? And is there anything like it in sports? Armand, let's start with you. Ooh, give me the first take. The last take and the first take. Um, I love it. It shows hunger. It shows the best of the competitive uh, nature that we have. Sometimes the football isn't that good because these games have so much on the line. But the feeling of a club getting promoted, I think, is a feeling that me, you, and Steven can't really relate to. But for those fans that have been with the club forever, that have grown up with their families watching it, it must be a feeling of pure euphoria. It's a, it's something that, you know, brings out the best, you know, out of the players. And just the competitive nature of it is great. I think it's one of the best things in sports, if not one of the best. And I love to see it. I love to watch it. I always make sure to watch it whenever it happens because it's a real battle out there between those teams. There's nothing like it in sports. That's the hard part. There is literally nothing like it in sports. It's plain and simple. I mean, it's a, it's great, and Armand sums it up well. I mean, when you watch, if your club is runs in the family for, for even one or two generations and you're getting promoted, it's got to mean the world to you, especially when you live in England when the weather's crap. You know, maybe your job sucks. Come on, sports, it all lists, yeah. I agree. I agree. I think there's nothing like a team that gets uh, promoted. This the, the jubilation from the fans, the tribalism, that whole thing. It's great. Nothing like it in sports. But let's move on here. Let's keep it in England. Let's talk Newcastle United. Uh, Newcastle United owner Mike Ashley is reportedly close to selling the club to Sheikh Khaled bin Zayed Al Nahyan, a member of the ruling family in the United Arab Emirates. Guys, are Newcastle United poised to be a big European club again, pending the sale of the club? Um, are they going to follow Manchester City's footsteps or steal their playbook? If so, then I can't see why not, or can't say why not they're they wouldn't in a couple of years do what Manchester City did and buy themselves a ton of uh, silverware. No, not for the not for the uh, short term because they're gonna do a bunch of crap and buy a bunch of players that aren't good, hire a big name manager uh, that maybe not, is not that good, and it's not gonna uh, gel well. City had the same problems when they first started that way. Uh, over time, they will maybe in five six years when we're talking about top seven instead of a big six, maybe a big seven. Um, but and I think immediately, no, you're going to see a little bit of a lag because of the adaptation and the players you have to buy, uh, trial and error. Remember, City wasn't, wasn't always like this, I guess, quote-unquote smart with their money. Is that, is that the right word? They bought like Rubinho and a bunch of other players. And look, like they spend new, like drastic amounts on these guys. Never really Can I say something? turned out well. What's up? I actually think this is a good thing for English football if Newcastle well, do get the mm-hmm. funding, because this makes the top six, there's a new. It's a different club that breaks in, and I wonder, will it force Arsenal spend more? Will it force uh, Tottenham to finally spend something? Although they are in the Champions League final, I, I'm not too certain. I mean, I saw one tweet ab- about this pending sale, 
that you know in five years, seven years, Newcastle are competing for Champions League, maybe winning a league title, and Manchester United are just trying to stay above the the relegation zone. That was pretty funny. That's an interesting take, Stephen. I actually think in five, seven years, I think we might only. I think I think the Premier League might only have five big clubs. I think you can argue that Manchester United and Arsenal. <laughs> are trending down oh, of currently of course under their current yeah. ownership groups they don't appear to uh they don't appear to want to win right now so no, i mean i think i, I, I think, think, make the I, think argument. A, I think it'll be a big six jake i think wolves sneaks into that six. Oh, whoa that's a spicy take all right but let's move on here lesser let's city here Less, yeah, that, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're stuck, stuck three years in the past, Stevens. Okay. Aston okay. Villa, returning back to the old glory days. Uh, but let's move on here. Let's, uh, I guess, keep it in England, but let's move to Italy, too. Uh, Maurizio Sarri has reportedly agreed to terms with Juventus to become their next manager. Guys. Yes. Will he be successful at Juventus if he does become their new manager managing Cristiano Ronaldo. No. I don't think Ronaldo has a lick of respect for this guy. Uh, I guess it's opposite stay. Does I say yes? I think I think he's a lot more better in Italian football than he is in English football. I think he'll be just fine. I don't know if he has the firepower of Napoli, but it's Juventus. They'll be fine regardless of what happens. They'll win it for a nice straight time. Maybe there's they're so far above anybody that they could hire a pretty crappy manager or they could hire Steven Jodder as manager and they'll be fine. Yeah, well they if they were to hire Armanka Fai, I think they would be in the toilet. But uh I, I think oh, okay. Okay. I think the Sorry's a good manager and I think Chelsea are cutting a leash or are cutting him off too soon, but I think he wants to be out because he sees an opportunity at Juventus. He's Italian, who everybody wants to take charge of the old lady. But I, I genuinely am I'm concerned about how he's going to manage a true superstar in Cristiano Ronaldo. Eden Hazard is a superstar of the Premier League, but it's not it's not CR7, not to the likes. Jake, yeah, Stephen, uh, let me let me turn yeah. the question on you before we move on because I know we're a little bit of a time crunch. Uh, are you happy that Sarri's leaving? Of course. So who replaces him? Is it Lampard? Is it a guaranteed Lampard? It, it, it probably takes is gonna be Lampard. Over? It's probably gonna be Lampard. My dark horse, Jose Mourinho. This special one, bring him back. Bring let's him go. back for what? The third time? Third time. Third time. All right. Let's uh, let's let's stay in Italy though. Let's talk about a team that could. <laughs> this is a spicy take. Could be challenging Juventus. <laughs> Maybe the next couple of years. Atlanta. Uh, Atalanta. <laughs> who finished with 69 points, nice, tied with Inter Milan on points, but had the goal differential advantage, have secured Champions League play for the first time in club history. Do you fellas think UEFA is happy about this? And do you enjoy seeing new clubs getting entry into the Champions League? Yes, and oh boy, UEFA is pissed about this, and I absolutely love when these new new clubs get Champions League play. Love it. Screw UEFA, and I love it too. How can UEFA be happy that AC Milan, who've won this, who've won the Champions League on multiple occasions, is not in the Champions League, and you have Atalanta, 
who, if if just like Jake did, made the mistake, almost called them Atlanta. I, I, it'll be fascinating to see what players leave if they invest, what they do. But I love it. But UEFA is pissed. I agree, Stephen. I think UEFA does not like to see clubs like this getting entry into the Champions League. Although I do agree with you as uh, as well on this that I like seeing these smaller clubs get it. I, I like seeing these, I guess, Cinderella stories, if you will. Uh, how fun was it to watch Ajax? Loved it. You know, basically, almost make a run to the final this year. How fun was it to even Leicester City a few years ago get out of the group? I mean, that was still. They that moved down. They moved. They they went past the round. They made it to the quarters. Lost to Atletico. Yeah, I know it's fun. No, it's fun. I enjoy. I enjoy stories like that. But let's move on here. Uh, we're on a time crunch here a little bit. Let's talk about something a little more serious. Let's talk about the Europa League final that was today. Chelsea win four one. But let's talk about. Some more serious things going on in Baku, Azerbaijan. Uh, police in Baku were filmed stopping Arsenal fans with Henrik Mkhitaryan shirts ahead of the Europa League final. Mkhitaryan has pulled out of the encounter as a result of his country's dispute with the host nation of the final, Azerbaijan. Steven, you're the Arsenal fan here. Should the Gunners boycott or should have the Gunners boycotted this game. Oh, I would have just loved for Arsenal to take a stand. Like, can we get a club to actually do this? The problem is, it's all about the money. So, every pundit on, on social media is like, Yeah, Arsenal should uh, boycott them. Or boycott this match. Truth, uh, truth be told, if they were in the position of Arsenal, they would never have done that. But if you're Arsenal and you have some sort of moral objective standards they should have definitely had pulled out there's no reason why UEFA host a match in a country where a player is not on a suspension is not going to play because he's suspended because he is in danger of his life tell me how and why that would be a good idea how often do we see games get moved because of weather in this country it has happened before and yet you got UEFA who should have taken action but this is on Arsenal's board of whatever this is squarely on Arsenal they should have objected they should have just said screw you and all the players are coming out saying yeah we're with Mkhitaryan if you're with Mkhitaryan don't play stay at home pisses me off yeah i agree steven so i'll talk um talk about the dollar sign armand i i don't even know like why was baku even the choice if a player can't play like are you kidding like that's ridiculous um uh, yeah on it look we can say what uh we should have an arsenal boycott it but in reality we know that would never happen because it's all about it's all about the money it's not about the thing why do you think qatar is getting a world cup is it about that or is it about, you know, the slave slash people dying to make the World Cup happen in that country? Overall, it's all about the money in the sport sometimes. It sucks. And it's not good. And I wish there'd be a little more of a stand, especially because soccer does cross political lines sometimes. It does. Wish 
I really wish there'd be a stand taken, but I mean, it, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. Uh, overall, dollar sign greed. It's all over. Overall, it's kind of disgusting that the game was even played there. To yeah. be honest with you, I agree. Yeah, a little bit of a head scratcher, right there. No, uh, not, not just a little bit of a head scratcher. A massive head scratcher. Well, my I, head, my head still itches. Guess what, no guys? Should... I think the European Championships in 2020, which is next year, they might be host. I think, but if I'm, if this is all memory, listeners, so correct me, Uncle at Uncle Sam Soccer Pod. Are, are are considering host are are they considering or have placed Baku on the on the list of of places where the European Championships will be held? So what what are we gonna do then? Terrible. You better pray to God Azerbaijan won't be in or Armenia won't be there. Yeah, that'd be a literal little literal riot waiting to happen. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely, uh, I'll just quickly make my point here. I would have been very surprised if Arsenal boycotted the game. It's all about the dollar signs. But last topic up for discussion here. Not sure if you guys heard, but the Champions League final is this Saturday. Tottenham, Liverpool, Madrid at the Wanda. Jurgen Klopp had some pointed comments for treble winning manager Pat. Guardiola. Klopp said the Premier League is more important for Guardiola because he hasn't been in the Champions League final <laughs> for a while. Love it. Don't get me wrong. Oh. We all know he is the best manager in the world and he deserves all the praise he gets. Oh, boys. Boys. <laughs> uh, Klopp kind of uh, lit the uh, earth on fire there a little bit, huh? Yeah. Screw Guardiola. Yeah, I guess Klopp hates uh, Guardiola confirmed but i mean look how could he not be salty though i mean he lost the league by one point and he had the after third having most one loss. points after having one yeah, loss after having one loss and having the third most points in premier league history so so let me spit this on you guys does this champions league victory make up the premier league second place finish e... it 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 makes up for last year's loss in against real madrid I don't know if it makes up for the Premier League loss, but I, you know what it does? It, it kind of helps. Klopp is missing. Uh, think about it. This is his fourth European League final where he lost. Remember, he lost the Europa League and the Champions League with Liverpool, and he lost the Champions League with Dortmund. So he, he better. He's quickly turning into a Buffalo Bill. Hey, at least he's consistent. Yeah, consistency is key. Yeah, but, but you got, if you got, you got winning trophies. any trophies, get and out. Here, here's the other thing. He's not doing these things with the biggest clubs in the world. He's not doing this with the Barcelona. He's not doing this oh, with... Oh, please, please. How much club. money did they spend they a on a club, central they, defender? They are a big club, but they are not the same size as Real Madrid or Barcelona oh, or I'll Bayern. They are. Not... I mean, you look at the play. They haven't look, been there. Look, look, I love Klopp and all, but and I think that it's a funny comment that he made. Um, but he needs to win this. Absolutely needs to win this Champions League final. Here's my spicy take, and we will end the counterattack on the spicy take. In Twitter, let us know at UncSamSoccerPod, at Jake Watroba, at Armankafi, at Stephen Jodderin. Let me know if I'm an idiot. I probably am. But I'm going to say it anyways. 
Jurgen Klopp's a better manager than Pep Guardiola, regardless of the outcome. Well, Pep Guardiola was not would not win the Premier League Premier League this year with Liverpool. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. There you got it. I see. All right, that's it. That's it for the counterattack. And listeners, you can follow the show on Twitter at UncSamSoccerPod. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Jodoran and Armonkafi at Armonkafi. You can follow me at Jake Quatroba. Just a quick reminder, in case you were dying to know our Champions League predictions, those two picked Liverpool, I picked Tottenham. If you're wondering why we didn't do that, that we did it two weeks ago. But anyway, as a little reminder. Anyways, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Champions League final. We'll be back next week. We'll talk to you guys next time. Deuces. Deuces. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period with taxes and regulatory fees always included. So you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound. Not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.